And we're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan. I don't know what episode this is. It's been a while since I put one of these out. Uh, but we're here. We're doing it. It's uh, it's September 26th. It's the day after I put out um, White Lies, my newest comedy hour. It's hard to call it a special. Is it special? Every open micer in the world has a comedy special on YouTube. And then also some big-name comedians have specials on YouTube, and then now me. So I feel like I feel like it's an hour. I think that's what it is. I think that's what I feel comfortable calling it. My brand-new hour, White Lies, is out. I call it a special on the social medias just so people know what the hell I'm talking about. But is it special? Comedy specials were back in the day. I remember Rich Voss told me this once. I was working with him. And he goes, are these even special anymore? Everyone puts them out every five minutes on every streaming service. Back in the day, Richard Pryor would put one out every once in a while. Then you'd have Eddie Murphy and then like Dice and then Carlin. It was a special treat. And now it's an hour of YouTube and a million TikTok videos. I think that's where comedy specials are heading, by the way. I I think in the next 10 years... Putting out an entire hour might not be a thing. I think it's just going to be uh, uh, 50 to 60 one-minute clips that will be on TikTok. I think that's what we're headed into. I mean, I've already... That was the hardest part of putting together White Lies was the editing part where then I chopped up a million pieces to put on Reels and TikTok and I, uh, I, I didn't do the thing that you thought I'd know. Alright, the special was self-produced, did it on my lonesome, I did it at the same place, um, I did, uh, Modern Mail, uh, and I, I'm actually lying, I didn't do it on my lonesome, I hired a, a camera crew, a local, uh, production company, they brought two cameras, I brought my camera, and, uh, I also put my GoPro on stage, and then we very quickly found out that it was way too hard to color correct GoPro footage, and my camera's footage to match their footage. So we got rid of two of the cameras, and we used their two angles. And while I was editing them, I realized the side camera uh, just stopped, like didn't upload into Premiere while I was editing my hour. And so for the last 30 minutes, it's just hard camera. And you know what? Why am I... This is the worst promo for my comedy. I think I've just spent three minutes bashing on how my special is not special, it's an hour, and how all the editing and whatnot uh, was a snafu. Listen, I'm proud of the material, I'm happy with the way it came out, I'm honored for the people that came out to watch me record it, friends, family, people that call themselves fans, which uh, is still hard for me to get used to. Seeing that I did comedy for so long where nobody gave uh, a flying hoot. Um, but I'm pumped that it's out. I'm pumped that it's out. Uh, it's getting good reception. Uh, I'm also an idiot. I'm going to go back to trashing the way I do. It's just easy for me to be negative. You know what else I did? I put my special out the same day that Andrew Schultz, the current king of comedy, especially on YouTube... Just put his out. Andrew Schultz put his, uh, I think his is called Infamous. I watched it last night. It was very funny. Uh, he 
it was supposed to be out on like Amazon or something, and for some reason he bought it back, and then he decided to release it himself on something else, so he picked up some money, smart businessman, and then he put it out on YouTube today, I didn't do my, or yesterday, the same day I put White Lies out, I didn't do my homework. I didn't do my homework. And not just him, John Doerr. John Doerr, who's a hilarious comedian from Canada, I believe. Uh, he put his out through Helium. And that's my point. That goes back to the first thing I was saying. There's so many of these hours being put out now that I don't think they're that special. I think it's just part of what we do. And it's uh, I'm honored people are watching it. I think so far... I've had more views on White Lies than I did Modern Mail at this point, which is great. Hopefully that keeps going, but the landscape is different. I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but I put out Modern Mail because my record company wasn't going to put out the hour that I recorded. That's why Modern Mail is just a camera in the corner. It looks like it was shot on security footage. It's actually this camera. I didn't have all the settings dialed in, but it was just a camera in the corner And I was mainly there for an audio recording. And my record company was taking a long time getting back to me on a release date. So I finally said, forget it. I'll just put it up on YouTube. The pandemic had just hit. The lockdown had happened for a week at that point. And I was like, why not put this up? And it started getting some views. And uh, the algorithm took over. As well as people sharing it organically. Um, and that's, that was the backstory to that, but that was March of 2020. I think back when I put my hour out, the only other comedian that had really put a full hour of stand-up up was like Titus. I think Titus, like throughout the pandemic, put up like all of his hours, but he, he, he had started, I think, and I might be wrong, this is a couple years ago, he started in March or around there, and then I did it. And then, uh, then a couple other comics, you know, Mark Norman put his out, uh, Sam Marill through Comedy Central, blah, 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 all that stuff. Now those guys are on Netflix, which is amazing. They're talented. And that's what people are asking me. When is your dumbass getting on Netflix? I have no idea. I don't know anybody in Netflix. I'm pretty sure they have no clue who I am. Uh, maybe one day. I think... The way my career has gone, by the time I get it, it won't be cool anymore. I think from, And I'm not saying that to be negative, not to poo-poo. I'm very honored to have whatever kind of comedy career I have. My only goal when I went to an open mic was to not bomb. And I bombed anyway. And then once I started not bombing all the time, I was like, hey, how cool would it be if stand-up comedy was my full-time job, and it took nine years, but in 2015, I finally got to leave the day job, and I went into stand-up full-time, and that was my only goal. I just wanted to do comedy as a living. I've been doing it for however many years that is now, from 2015, so that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted, but then you get into it, and you're like, I want more. I want a little, that guy gets to do that. That guy gets to do that. I want to do that. I want a little bit of that. And so I started like approaching those goals, and it seems like every time I get something, it's the less cool version. Does that make any sense? 
Am I being a little nitpicky? Am I being a little bit of glasses half empty? I'm trying to just be honest. Um, but yeah, I honestly feel that way. I think by the time I get a Netflix special, I, it will, it, it won't, you know, it's not gonna, who, it's gonna, they're gonna, it's, it won't be anything. I don't know how to explain it. It'll be dead. It's so weird because it's all the same. You know what the difference is? Just the money they give you. This is the only difference. Because I'm on, you can watch my special on the TV. If you got the YouTube app, you open that. And then you can watch my special on the same TV that you can watch uh, Dave Chappelle on Netflix. But it's the other icon. And then it doesn't go right before I come out. That's the only difference. And millions of dollars. Not that everyone on Netflix gets millions of dollars, but I think a lot. I think they get a good amount. Uh, that was the dumbest way, I think, to promote my new hour. And we're nine minutes in. Listen, folks, I very much appreciate you guys watching <laughs> White Lies. I hope you enjoy it uh, and share it and subscribe to my channel and buy tickets to see me live so I can work on this new hour. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that anybody cares at all. It makes me feel... It's it's amazing in a way that doesn't seem real, if that makes any sense. And uh, I'm very appreciative. That's probably what I should have said in the beginning. I wrote some jokes. I filmed the jokes. I'm, 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 it's always hard for me to say I'm proud of it, but I am proud of it. And I hope you enjoy it. And thank you. That's all I should have said. I don't know why it took me nine minutes of bashing the work that I've done to get to that, but that's me. That's me, you know? That's my cross to bear. So, uh, yeah, watch it. Leave a comment. If you do leave a comment that's negative, I'll delete it. I'm not, you know those people that will leave it? I'm not that. I'll delete it. I take pride in deleting a bad comment. Someone left a comment. Thankfully, there haven't been too many. I think there was like, off of White Lies, I think I've only deleted one comment. One guy was like, your mother was right. You shouldn't have done comedy. I haven't laughed once. And I just hit the trash can button and he deleted his bad con It's like I erased him from the world. I just Jeffrey Dahmered him and he's gone now. I, get I love it. I love censorship as long as I am the one that gets to do it. I don't want anyone to censor me and I don't want like someone else to censor somebody else, but I want to I, I want to censor people that I don't like on my thing. I love it. I get it. I totally get why dictators censor. I totally get why Kim Jong-un and uh, the guy in China and uh, Putin and all the people that censor. I get it. I get it. It's nice. You're in a position. You hear what people say about you. And then you just go, delete. And then they, they, I don't know where their comment goes, but I feel better, you know, I silence somebody. That sounds so evil. Once again, I don't, I'm not for censorship. I think what they're doing in all the countries where censorship happens, or when a platform does censorship, I'm not a fan of it. I'm just saying, I like it. I like that kind of power. It's, it's 
makes you feel good. You know what it's like? It's like someone... It's like there's a heckler at a comedy club. And you go back and forth with him. And no matter how well your comebacks are, he's just drunk and keeps coming. And then eventually, the comedy club security picks him up and walks him out. That's what that feels like. It's amazing. I'm all for censorship as long as I'm the one doing the censorship. Which that comes to the other comments that I get. I've gotten so many comments about my speech and the way I talk. I got a comment on, uh, on Twitter. Well, let's start with the weird one. I got a comment. Well, they're all weird, but you know what I mean. Uh, I got one on YouTube. Uh, okay, yeah, this was an hour ago on White Lies. Okay, what is going on with the jaw? Speech impairment? I'm not knowing. And there's another one. Did Zoltan have a stroke? And then the one on TikTok. Uh, just in case you're wondering if I read the comments, I'm sure after I just went on a diatribe about how I delete comments I don't appreciate, you guys are like, yeah, you definitely read the comments. Um, what was the one? Who's over here? No, it's this one. I should have had this queued up, but you know that nothing is professional here. <laughs> this person wrote, I like how your mouth moves to construct human words. And then they added an eye emoji, a lip emoji, and another eye emoji. I'm going to read that again. I like how your mouth moves to construct human words. And under that, someone wrote, that might be the weirdest TikTok comment I've ever seen. And I agree. I've never read that. I've read so many that think I'm either on some sort of drugs, or I've had a, uh, or I'm drunk, or uh, what else? Speech impediment, some kind of something. And I've never any of those. You know the ones that kind of bug me the most are the, uh, the drug ones. Like, no, I mean, this guy's on drugs. And I'm like, no, man, that's just my, that's my, that's, that's me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Does it sting a little? Yeah. Should it? No, I'm 35 years old. I should be very comfortable in the way I speak. I honestly don't know why I speak the way I speak. It could have something to do with the fact that English was my second language. I, I moved to the United States when I was four but, I mean, that's young enough that I don't have, like, a Hungarian accent. I don't have a foreign accent. But I also don't have a, a native diction. If it, I don't know if that's the way to say it. But I've had people tell me that, like, you have an interesting accent to which I can't tell what part of the country you're from. It's not Southern California. It's not Midwest. It's not like Pittsburgh, where I lived for a short time as a kid. It's not any of those. It's it's of its own. And I think where that came from is I learned English by watching TV. So whatever channel, have it, whether I was watching Mr. Rogers or Barney or professional wrestling or Jean-Claude Van Damme and all my favorite uh, karate movies, I think the way I speak is a mixture of all of it. And that's where it comes from. I don't know where the slur comes from. Maybe that's just 
my Hungarian mouth as a child trying to understand and speak English words? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm also... I, those comments I don't delete because I don't think they're necessarily mean. Uh, it would have been mean if that guy was like... His jokes sound like he had a stroke. He's just saying I talk like I have a stroke, which is less offensive. If he thought my jokes felt like they were written by a brain injury, that I would d delete. I'd come in hard. I might, I would, my index fingers on both hands would fight each other over who gets to delete it first. That's, that's exactly, I'm, you know, number one on censorship. Um, definitely. So those have been the fun comments I've gotten on, uh, on White Lies. Uh, I once very much appreciate all the support. Other than getting ready for the release of the hour and cutting up endless amounts of uh, TikTok clips, I have uh, I've just been doing the same thing I've always been doing. Um, I've been watching Dahmer on Netflix. I've been watching the series. Emma and I, we've been watching Dahmer. I think Dahmer might be the... I don't get why Ted Bundy gets as much attention when we live in a world that a person like Jeffrey Dahmer once existed. This dude's a maniac. It must be that Ted Bundy was more charismatic and I guess women found him handsome. I Maybe that made him more appealing to the masses, but on a pure story and, uh, and record, I'm a Jeff Dahmer. I don't even think T Ted Bundy's number two. I know it's weird to rank serial killers, but we live in a serial killer documentary era. And I th the way, for me personally, I'd rank him Bundy, or no, no, Bundy's third. I'd go Dahmer, Gacy, because he dressed like a clown, and he hit him under the crawl space, and, and three Bundy. That's what I'd do. I'd go, I'd go Dahmer, Gacy, Bundy, Manson, because he had the swastika tattoo. Manson never even killed anyone. He he made other people do his killing, which is like this whole other, what kind of devil on earth person is that guy? But I don't know. Back to back to the uh, the Dahmer series. It's uh, it's really good. It's well made. Um, the act, the guy, the, the guy playing the Dahmer, amazing. He did such a good job. Also, I, I wonder how he feels about doing such a good job. Like, you ever think of that? Because the whole time I'm watching the series, I'm just thinking about all the actors that probably auditioned to be Jeffrey Dahmer. And when they didn't get the role, I wonder if they went home and they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm happy I wasn't right for that role. Because imagine getting picked for that role and then just having the casting directors going, you were born to play Jeffrey Dahmer. We would love to have you. Name your price, because you are the serial killiest of all the serial killers, and you are perfect for this role. I must have felt so self-conscious, like, for the actor, the main guy, the guy playing Dahmer. There's so many scenes. Like, there's a bunch of scenes of him at the nightclub. He goes to the nightclub to pick up dudes, and he's just dancing, and he's like, I bet you there's no footage of the real Jeffrey Dahmer dancing. That meant he had to put himself in a space to go, how would 
a serial killer dance at a nightclub in the 90s and it's a gay bar. How do you do that? There's no, how do you, as a director, how do you even give them tips? Because you still, you want him to dance, but it's got to be creepy. But it's got to be, it's got to fit what he does. It can't be too off because then no one would ever come back to his house. So it has to be fine and, but creepy, but wrong, but okay, but not noticeable. But if you saw it, you'd be like, that, wow. I think he has a machete in his ass, ready to kill somebody. Like, it's, it's such a, there's so many acting decisions that have to be made. And other than, than Dahmer, I think the other toughest character to be played was the, the father. And I, think, I don't know what that, I don't know actors' names, for the most part. I don't, the guy playing Dahmer's dad is the dad from Step Brothers, okay? That's how I know him. The, the uh, Will Ferrell uh, other guy. Dr. Steve Brule. I told you I don't know actors' names. <laughs> Will Ferrell and uh, Dr. Steve Brule. They were stepbrothers. The dad from that is the dad in Dahmer, and he's great. He did such a great job. He, he played this classic, uh, like classic kind of dad from back in the day where he had an anger problem, kept all his feelings in. He had broken marriage. He knew his kid was weird, but he still tried to connect with him. And then he ends up just being, his kid ends up being a drunk who doesn't, barely graduates high school, doesn't get into college, gets kicked out of college, goes to the army, gets kicked out of the army, can't get a job, can't hold a job, doesn't have any friends, doesn't talk to you. Like he doesn't, and, and you just feel his father's frustration. And then at the end when he finds out everything that his son has done and how many lives he's destroyed and how many families he's damaged forever he just has this moment where he finally just breaks down not to spoil the entire show for you you have to i mean you could imagine that like once a father finds out their son is a serial killer they're not you know doing cartwheels and going well time to go golfing you know, like he definitely had a reaction to it. I'm not spoiling any of this for you. If you watch it, it's it's really just living that experience. And the the actress, I know her name, Niecy Nash, because I was a big fan of uh, Reno 911. This is the first time I've ever seen her in like a serious role. She plays Dahmer's next door neighbor. And uh, she's great. You're just likable, strong, I don't know when I became a critic, by the way. I don't know when I became a film critic where I'm, like, critiquing people's acting. Everyone killed it on this show. I think they did an amazing job. But, yeah, uh, the neighbor, Glenda, uh, she did she did amazing. The whole show is amazing. It's horrifying. Don't watch it at night. That's what Emma and I were doing. We were watching it at night and then trying to go to sleep. We made that mistake three nights in a row, and then all three nights we had to go, no, let's watch half an episode of 90 Day Fiancé as a palate cleanser so we don't fall asleep with horrific nightmares. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be in the right state of mind for that. You can't just be all willy-nilly, watch, watch an hour of murder, gruesome murder, and then just waft off to uh, never, ever, never land. I'm trying to say sleep, not Michael Jackson's ranch. Uh, 
But yeah, it was a great series. And I don't know if you're allowed to say this. Of course you can. Of course you can say this. I, I, great soundtrack. I wanted to tweet that, but I just didn't know if that would be taken the right way. That the Dahmer series had an amazing soundtrack. Like, if this was the 90s, I would go to Sam Goody and buy the Dahmer soundtrack. It was great early 90s, late 80s dance music. Like, good dance music. Like, that's I, that's the era of dance music I came in on. Because I remember in the early 90s, the first tape my mom and I bought, we went to, my mom just got her driver's license, and we're, she's like, we need tunes for the road, so we went to Walmart, and we picked up Jock Jams, Volume 1, which I, I think Jock Jams came out after uh, whatever these songs were in Dahmer, but it's that same category, that same genre of just like CNC Music Factory, and uh, you know, that, that style and I was in. I felt like I was watching this movie. It's so creepy because I'm watching this series about murder. But every time they would play a song in my head, I'm back in that little Nissan coupe riding shotgun with my mom. <laughs> as we're like uh, listening to Tootsie Roll. You know? It was, it was uh, the odd things that make you reminiscent of things that totally have nothing to do with murder. That's how it goes. Uh, yeah, totally, uh, uh, totally recommend um, the Dahmer series. Let me tell you some tour dates. I should have done this in the beginning of the episode, but I totally forgot. I'm on tour, and this weekend I'm in Glendale, Arizona at Stir Crazy Comedy Club. Uh, Portsmouth or Newport, Rhode Island. I think the venue's in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, but it says Newport. I don't know. I'm doing two shows in Portsmouth, then I'm in Boston, uh, Boston on October 7th, uh, we're running low on tickets on that, so buy that, uh, Renton, Washington, Tampa, Tampa, I'm going back to Side Splitters, we had a great, we sold out a Tuesday night there back in January, they're having me back for the whole weekend, November 25th through the 27th, uh, they're tasking me with trying to sell out six shows, I don't think we can do it, but we can try, it would help if you bought some tickets. Let's make that happen. And then later in December, Kansas City, Missouri, at the Kansas City, the Comedy Club of Kansas City. And Christmas, the 23rd and 24th, La Jolla Comedy Store. I get to be in town and perform at the Comedy Store. How wonderful is that? Uh, and then I'm working on a bunch of dates for uh, 2023. So, I don't know, all around good stuff. Uh, I don't know what else I want to tell you. I think that was it. I think I told you everything. White Lies is out. Please watch it, share it, subscribe it. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Send me money on Venmo. Huh? I'm kidding. You don't have to. But if you will, I won't reject it. Um, other than that, have a great week. And I hope to make more of these more often. I know I say that. And then I take eight weeks to do so. Well, you know. Keep that in mind if you don't see one next week. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Cheers, everybody. Have a great week. Love yourselves and each other. That's from Jerry Springer. And uh, bye.